0: Hello, my name is Taya Graham and welcome to the Police Accountability Report. As I always make clear, this show has a single purpose, holding the politically powerful institution of policing accountable. And to do so, we don't just focus on the bad behavior of individual cops. Instead, we examine the system that makes bad policing possible. And today we will achieve that goal by showing you this video of a cop who tried to search a man's car while it was parked and he was walking his dog, but it's what happened when the officer confronted the motorist on the road that reveals just how destructive and unfettered police power really can be. But before we get started, I want you watching to know that if you have video evidence of police misconduct, please email it to us privately at par at therealnews.com or reach out to me on Facebook or Twitter at teasbaltimore, Baltimore and we might be able to investigate for you. And please like, share and comment on our videos, it does help us get the word out and can even help our guests and of course you know i read your comments and appreciate them you see those hearts down there and we do have an accountability reports patreon page so if you feel inspired to donate please do anything you can spare is truly appreciated okay We've gotten that out of the way. Now, if there is one refrain we hear from police unions and cop partisans and tough on crime politicians, it's that there just aren't enough cops. The complaint, no matter how much we fund them, is that law enforcement is simply stretched too thin to do their jobs. Of course, if that is true, I think the video I'm about to show you now will require some explaining from the elites who demand more dollars for cops and less power for us. Because the encounter with the cop on the screen now calls into question the entire, we need more cops mantra. A sequence of events that paints an entirely different picture than the conjured crisis of a country chronically short on law enforcement. Because if it's true, why would the officer who I'm showing now on the video do what he did here? That is searching for a parked car in rural Nebraska next to a nature trail with no evidence of a crime. If there are too few cops, then I am all ears as to why this particular act of law enforcement is worth the precious time of the dwindling number of officers on the job. Now, the story starts in Plattsmouth, Nebraska. There, Bradley Conley was walking his dog on a nature trail after a hard day at work. At the time, Conley was building a dollar store for the town, which is why he was taking a breather and enjoying nature with his beloved dog, Rosebud. Afterwards, Bradley and Rosebud hopped into his car and headed on their way. However, he was almost immediately pulled over for a traffic stop and was surprised that the officer reached straight into his car and headed for the center console and retrieved his CBD pipe. When Bradley confronted the officer and asked the officer how he knew where the pipe was, he made a shocking discovery. Just listen.
1: I said I smelled marijuana coming from your vehicle you, and that's you, not marijuana. You went sir? in
0: my
2: car, you went, no, that's CBD, but you went in my car When I was when I was now you know you're playing games with me. I'm not playing games. Yeah, because you knew that you went in my car, you went right to it. Yeah, you shouldn't have went in my car. Nobody gave you permission to go in my car. So let me explain to
1: how this works, okay? Your vehicle is a rental car. It's parked in a place that it's not supposed to be. We're on a train. Let me explain to you the situation. If you want to listen, I'm I'm, more than glad to explain to you. Okay. I'm listening. Like I said, you're parked in an area where you're not supposed to be parked. We just had a bunch of break-ins and cars stolen that's, out here last week. That's not week. me, man. I, it I, doesn't matter if it's you. you. I'm, I'm here, explaining to you. Your car is not registered to you. It's a rental I'm car here, and it's parked in and plate. will I'm not going to continue to talk tree. over you. You well, can stop I, and I, I listen. Mean, this should
2: be a consensual conversation.
1: It's, it, it should be a you listen to me because I'm explaining to you the reason why we are where we are right now.
2: Okay.
0: This officer revealed. That he had opened his parked rental car, carried out a search without his permission or presence, and then waited for him to drive away to pull him over. Okay. You're parked in a
1: place where you're not supposed to be parked. Not a crime. I'm sorry? That's not a crime. Blocking the road is. I, was I could off have the told you I was off your the side. Your tires were in the roadway. Didn't. Okay. I'm glad you didn't. Yeah, tell I'm it. glad I didn't either. I, I was don't... waiting because you know what? I'll be honest with you. I've already run you. I know you have warrants in Illinois that for burglary, are, for, for burglary and drugs out of
2: Illinois.
1: See, exactly. You know all this, and yet you want to play games That's with me. Right. I'm when not asked playing you games. i asking for your ID. You could have simply uh, given me your ID, did, and we would have want been to, done. I didn't want... But you want to argue, so you and you want to play my games. I'm not, I didn't break your car. I have a right to determine if this car is stolen and who owns it. You could have run
0: the plates. All that other stuff is irrelevant. You know what? Cars,
1: rental cars, aren't reported stolen until thirty days after.
0: Now, Bradley was a of course, disturbed by the officer's actions. So he did what every US citizen has the right to do. And he asked the officer to legally justify the search. But how the officer responded is a troubling commentary on the state of our constitutional rights at this particular moment. Just watch.
1: You can sit here and argue the law with me all day, but guess what? I've been a cop for over 20 years. Okay. I know what the then, law is. then you know okay? that the, the so warrants
2: are unexplained. All you have to do, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All and you so, had to do was provide me a driver's I, I, license. I shouldn't have to, man. Yeah, you this, should. This if this isn't Nazi area, Germany. If you're in an area this doing isn't something not illegal. Germany. I wasn't yes. doing anything illegal. I was walking my dog. I which have you have
1: no suspicion that you have a vehicle that's not registered to you. It's not, not a rent a car parked illegally in an area that had break ins last week. I have every right to do an investigation. Listen, man, I've
2: been That's up here seven doing. weeks building okay. that store, man. Right. No trouble. As right. a matter of fact, the police in Plattsmouth were very, very good. Right. I can't believe this you went in my simple. car, man. It's not simple when you break into my car. It's not breaking into. It sir. is. You no, can't. You not. can't just go in the car. You left the vehicle unlocked. It doesn't matter. Right no, you your don't. Car and determine so, who
1: so owns it. So anybody has the right I to have go, a go right. To, Come on, no, man. I'm a
0: law enforcement officer. Yeah, and sir. I'm a, a citizen different. of the United There's States. There's a big difference. Free. Just a note: searching a car that is on a public road requires two prongs, so to speak, for it to meet the threshold of conducting it lawfully. One the officer must have probable cause to search. And that means reasonable, articulable suspicion that a crime has occurred. And two, there has to be exigent circumstances. That means the car has to have been on a public road where someone can move it. So in this case, that means probable cause is critical to making this search lawful because the car is parked on the side street where Conceivably, it could drive off, which is why I want you to listen again to the officer legally justifying the search, but also take note of how once he realizes how his case is weak, he throws every theory against the wall, so to speak, to see if it sticks. Take a look. And I'm a, a citizen
1: difference. of the United There's States, free, free. Yeah, free. exactly. Yeah, exactly what? I, you, you can't just go. You want go. to stop arguing. Yes, I can. By law, I can determine who owns this right, vehicle listen, and it, where it's need, supposed to be. Need, okay, y- You don't have a supervisor? I am the supervisor. Man, that, really. you can't just something. go into You've somebody. You lied to me, first off. Okay. I did not lie to car? you. I, I've explained this, and I'm not going to continue. I, I understand to what you're about. saying. You did lie to you. I did say I smelled marijuana in your car, and you said there's no. You marijuana. You went in my smell.
2: car, and you found it, man. I smelled Without it my permission. Before. No, you didn't, because yeah. I haven't smoked yes, it right. in like two days. It bro. doesn't matter. Marijuana
1: has a distinct smell, and I smelled it earlier. It's on my body camera when I was looking in your vehicle for a rental agreement to determine who owned the vehicle to make sure it wasn't stolen. Okay. All completely was it legal stolen? under the state That's... law and under the
2: constitution. Well, I'm not. Okay? I'm not. Trying yeah. I'm so. not Simple,
1: okay. plain and simple. And so this is CBD, it's not marijuana. That's correct.
2: That's correct.
1: Okay. So when it gets tested, it's not gonna come back that's, as marijuana. That's
0: absolutely 100% true. Oh really? You smelled marijuana, officer, but wasn't the car door closed? Isn't that what you admitted on camera? So how did you smell this marijuana? I mean, had Bradley literally been smoking a bong two hours prior to your arrival so that the car reeked? Because your probable cause only works if you open the door and that is before you have met the legal threshold. So we're gonna have to give you a fail on our impromptu field constitutional policing test. But don't worry, I'm not gonna ask you to touch your finger to your nose or stand on one foot. I would just suggest you take some time to review a few law books. You may find it enlightening. But I digress. Now, Bradley's obvious discomfort turns into a heated discussion about the law, which the officer declares he doesn't have to explain, a curious assertion given his clear lack of understanding revealed by his haphazard and possibly illegal search. Just take a look.
1: So then, why are you so worried about it?
0: I'm not worried, man. This is my right, man. Constant. I'm trying not
2: to. No, you are. This is a constant. You should watch some of my videos, man. I I highlight great officers all over the country. I do. Okay,
1: and I appreciate that. Yeah, but you're not. You're acting like a target right now. You know what? here's the situation: if your job is to drive around and try to lure officers into doing something, I don't do that, bro. Because that's not me. Obviously, you park in a place that you shouldn't have. No, it's
2: a golf course with a with a with a walk. I I came back with my dog. The first thing you should have said is, oh, he just took his dog for a long walk.
3: Right. Yeah.
2: Right. Uh, Do you think I'm going to take my dog to break into freaking houses? Come on. You
1: know what, sir? All kinds of things happen. Well, my job is to investigate those things. Again, like I said last week, Multiple cars were stolen. I'm sorry, multiple houses or vehicles were broken into. That happens all over the country, man.
2: I'm all over the country. And that's fine. I'm glad
1: that you're all over the country and I'm glad that you're doing your part to be a great citizen. Can I have your name and badge number? Sergeant Summer, 92021.
2: S-O-M-M-E-R. That's correct. And you, sir? Murphy
0: Murphy and your uh, badge number? One more time.
2: 92032. Thank
0: you. You know, just watching the video and the officer's justification that there have been car break-ins is intriguing. Is that why he had to then break into Bradley's car? I mean, if, as the officer says, he is investigating the crimes, how is going through someone's car going to solve it? How is searching out parked cars for a supposed criminal who's breaking into cars productive? Finally, the officer decides that contrary to the evidence, he has to entangle Bradley in the legal system by issuing him a citation. But he also, without justification, confiscated Bradley's wallet, which Bradley alleges had $2,000 in it, money he has yet to get back. Just watch.
1: All right, we're gonna get you a citation for the paraphernalia and the marijuana. And if it comes back that it's not marijuana, then most likely they'll drop the charge, but I can't field test it at this point right here.
2: It smells like marijuana. It appears to be marijuana. Same thing as CBD.
1: Okay. You know? I don't use marijuana, I don't use C B D so. Well maybe I can't you make should because
2: you're a little high strung.
1: No. Yes. I well unfortunately that happens when people are uncooperative. No That's
2: I'm not uncooperative. you have no right to go through my vehicle. You have no right go have no, yes, I, I do. don't care if you want to continue Why don't you or not. Why don't you Google okay. I, man, I know you're you good. well tell me what the first amendment is in. Right. Yeah, because you, be you love criminal. to put people in cages. If you, choose, if you choose to be
1: a criminal and be belligerent...
2: I'm not a from, criminal. Your You're decision. a criminal. Your you decision. went through my car while I was walking my Legally dog. No, if I leave. Please. He's got my wallet. That's the only money I have.
1: You think that matters that he has your wallet?
0: Shut up. But this encounter was just the beginning of the legal repercussions for Bradley because the officer and department contacted his employer after he posted a video exposing the illegal search and the consequences for Bradley were devastating. And for more on that, we will be speaking to Bradley shortly. But before we do, I'm joined by my reporting partner, Stephen Janus. Stephen, thank you so much for joining me.
3: Hey, thanks for me. I really appreciate it.
0: So, Stephen, first... I know you have some breaking news about the case we reported on last week involving a former Texas firefighter. Denton County Sheriffs used a bogus DUI to destroy his career and run him out of the department what's your update?
3: Well, what's amazing to me is when I sent the case to prosecutors for comment, because I'm like, why did you prosecute this case? They said they have no evidence of this case even existing. And I said, blood tests, whatever. They're like, no, we have nothing. We never received this case. I think it's really questionable. I mean, this case was devastating for Thomas. You know, he had to, was basically run out of the fire department. You know, it turned his life upside down. And yet this case ever made to prosecutors. Let's remember, prosecutors are a check on police. They are very, very, very important to make sure that police don't file bogus charges. In this case, prosecutors haven't seen it, and I think it raises a lot of more questions about the Denton Sheriff's Office.
0: Wow, Stephen, that is really disturbing. Please continue to follow up on that and keep us updated. Okay, so back to Bradley you have been reaching out to the Nebraska Police Department. How are they explaining this case?
3: Well, I reached out to the Plattsmouth prosecutor because I really wanted to see, you know, how this case was processed. And he sent me a very detailed email about what happened with the charges. First of all, the charges were dropped. He would not comment on the legality of the search, but he did say nothing was used against Mr. Connolly from that search. And he also said that he disputes, or at least was not able to reach a conclusion about the $2,000 that Bradley said was missing. He says that he did an investigation. It's still ongoing. But at this point he has no evidence either way. So that's where this case stands. Certainly the prosecutors seem to take it seriously. And the prosecutor also said, you know, there were charges, there were no charges brought against him. The case was dropped. Um, so that's pretty much where we are right now with this case.
0: So the officer seems to suggest that the smell of marijuana is probable cause, but using that as a pretext is facing some pushback. Can you talk about that?
3: If there is one statement in the probable cause that has really eroded our constitutional rights, it's the smell of marijuana. It's basically you know, been used as a bogus pretext for decades and it's wreaked a lot of havoc. In our own city, we had police officers chase two young men for the smell of marijuana at 100 miles per hour and cause a fatal accident that killed three innocent people. So really a lot of states and a lot of legal you know, authorities are saying it is time to end this. This is not a statement of probable cause. It's absolutely irrelevant. In the particular case we're talking about, supposedly searching for cars that have been rifled through or stolen. What the hell does marijuana have to do with that? So it's evidence not even pertaining. It is bogus and it really erodes our rights. And a lot of states are saying stop.
0: And now to talk to the man who endured this invasive search and some of the lingering consequences for him, I'm joined by Bradley Conley. Bradley, thank you so much for joining me.
4: Absolutely. Thank you. I, I, I've been watching you since the beginning. I, you and Steve, I love you guys.
0: So first, what are we seeing at the beginning of the video? I mean, at first I didn't even realize it was a traffic stop.
4: If, if, if I may back up just a little bit. Um, so uh, I built, for the past five years, I've built Dollar Trees and Family Dollars around the country. And I built one in Smooth, Nebraska, which is a small town. Um, her and I actually went through a tornado there during the build, but I had to come back to hang up a couple signs and do a couple things. And I'd rented a car. Um, I drove twelve hours uh, approximately with her. Of course, we stopped along the way and stuff. But while I was up there building the store, we always went to this rural um, uh, uh, golf course, and there was long paths and walks, and we it was not in golf season, so nobody golf. And uh we had we had got there maybe 20 minutes before dusk or so on this long drive. And I said, you know, like I always do for her, I say, Hey, do you want to go to the, the, the park or golf course? Do you want to go to the park? And she gets really excited. <laughs> so we pulled off there and I actually had pulled behind somebody and it was like I say, there's there's a few neighborhoods around, but it's cornfields surround the thing. I mean, it's out in the middle of nowhere. And um we went on a walk and I came back and I got in my car and it was completely dark when we got back. And uh, I noticed the, st- when I, when I started the golf, the the car, the rental car, I noticed that some lights came on and b- back of me and, you know, me being an advocate, I was just like, I hope that this isn't a cop. And I, of course I'm following all the speed limits and the laws. And as I turn at the, 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 the stop sign, I see the insignia and he, um, he started the lights and I pulled over and he said, uh, um, uh, he asked me for my license and me being an advocate, I, I wanted to know what I did wrong.
0: So why were you initially pulled over by the officer?
4: His exact words were, um, I, when I asked him what, why he pulled me over, he said I was suspicious. And I was saying um, how, I asked him of course, is suspicion a misdemeanor or a felony and how am I being suspicious? And, uh, then he went from that to, it smells like marijuana in the car, (laughs) which it definitely didn't, uh, you know, it was a rental car. And that's when they pulled me out and went into the center council. When he pulled me over, I rolled down the window. He told me, I I want my, he wanted my ID. And I said, I don't think if I haven't committed a crime, I'm not going to give you my ID. And he, and he called his backup and the. That was Deputy Murphy came up and pulled the Taser at my passenger side window and told me to get out. So I got out and um, I had no idea that they had went through my car. And I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I um, I uh, got out and the only thing I had in the car it was a rental car. I don't smoke marijuana in the car, CBD or anything. So I know that the car didn't smell. It was in the center console. It was it was um, a, a pipe. And uh, he went right to it.
0: And pulled it out. And like I say, I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I thought, he's been in my car. Were you surprised to discover through your conversation that the officer had admitted to searching your car before he pulled you over?
4: Honestly, I was mind baffled. I couldn't believe that he had went into my car. I, it, I mean, uh, if I would have broke into his car in his reasoning, which again, mind baffled, it gives me chills. It makes me so upset. He said it was because I left the car door unlocked. And now that should tell everybody how rural the place is. Like I wasn't even, my wallet was on the front seat with $2,000 on it. Like that's how rural the place was. I I questioned him that way. And sure enough, he said he had every right to go through my car and he'd been through my car. Like if you find a pipe in a car as an officer, you probably are going to want to search the trunk. He never looked in the trunk. You're probably going to want to search under the seats. In my presence, he never looked under the seats. So, um, Anyway, uh, from the video, I mean, from the video, my point of view video, you can kind of see. And I stopped at one point, went live. And I I think I've tried to air that, but it's all bits and pieces. That's kind of why I wanted the dash cam footage. And and I've been trying head over
0: heels. I've spoke
4: with the prosecutor.
0: Do you think your knowledge of the law helped protect you from the situation becoming worse? To
4: answer your question, I I think it could have went both ways. And I'll tell you why. Because the first, if if I wouldn't have known my my rights, I, w- I probably would have handed over my ID. And I I knew I had warrants for uh, uh theft of my dog right here. Um, long story, but you know X easy, it's nothing. But uh, I, I knew they were non-extraditable. I could have just handed him my ID and been on the way. Maybe he probably would have escalated it, but the way he is. Now, the other aspect of that is I was really angry that he went in my car and he was violently, all I wanted to do after a 12-hour drive was get to the store, finish up what I had to do, get some rest and go back. I ended up, uh, he stole my wallet that night. I ended up having to sleep in my car because I didn't have any way to pay for anything. So um, that being said, I don't like bullies. And the way I react, it isn't typically how I talk to people. I try to treat everybody with kindness and respect. And I have so much mad love for people and, and things. I really do. And I, I try to portray that. But with co- auditing cops who seem to be untouchable and above the law, I really, I, I, something in me just gets so mad because they treat, I see them treat people. And I've, I've been in areas where I've seen what they do because they can't and just because you can doesn't mean it's right you know
0: why do you think the officer was so fixated on it being a rental car i have
4: no idea um it's it's really that's a that's a good question i've never really thought of it before so i don't have a, an answer that i i know to be the truth all i can say is that um uh you know it should have been um all the co- all the police in Plattsmouth they they would stop by and see my, me building the store. I, you know, I built it with one other guy, and uh, I got to know him. They were okay. They watched my my tools and my equipment. So it was really, really odd to me that he. It, it was I. I don't know why, you know. Had he just ran, Had he just been doing his job? And I have no problem with him running. He sees a car there, running the plate, see if it's stolen or whatnot, you know. But when he broke into it and then ran my license and, and all that good stuff. That really irritated me
2: there's you know,
4: no burglary tools there's no there's a dog in a leash and a guy coming back walk you know on a trail I mean use your use your common sense if somebody didn't call in that there was a burglary, why are you bothering me?
0: I have to admit this does seem a bit like what some people call a fishing expedition I
4: know exactly what you mean and and uh, even in the video if you if you watch the entire video um, I, I told them that's all the money I had on me I had two thousand dollars in it well, when they released me, I took off, obviously, you know, and then I realized that they never gave me my wallet or my money back. So it was two miles up the road and I called dispatch, uh, the sheriff's office, and I told them, hey, they never gave me my wallet back. And they told me, mind you, two miles, two minutes, it's 15 minutes to the police station. They told me it was in the property. I could get it tomorrow. And that's when I went in live and they told me that the property officer wasn't there. So a month later, they sent me back my wallet um, without my money in it. So they, they stole my $2,000 and that's all on video too.
0: How has posting this encounter impacted you? I mean, it did cost you your job.
4: Well, it's affected many nights of sleep. Um, I have made countless calls to the prosecutor's office, countless calls to the police department. And uh, he called my work, uh, Southwestern Services, who gets the contracts from Dollar Tree, he, I don't know what he said. It was never told to me uh, what he said. I I would I tried to FOIA request that phone call, and apparently there wasn't one. But they they told me that uh, I could no longer work for them because um, of the video. And I told them my response was uh, I, I did nothing wrong. I didn't commit any kind of crime. I, I actually highlighted Dollar Tree and Family Dollar, and I put my blood, sweat, and tears into it for five years. I've built maybe 60 by myself, you know, ground up. I, I hired a few people to help me along the way, but I, I know them backwards and forwards. And then, um, I, I practically don't even need the plans. So anyways, to answer your question, uh, they told me that I could no longer work for them.
0: Okay. So the officer referred to a warrant. What was the warrant for?
4: So the warrants are, um, there's two, I, I was building a store in, um, uh, Iowa and, uh, the, I had a passenger and he had four grams of marijuana on my center console. We were actually worked so long that we slept all day. And I'm not saying that uh, I, I'm, you know, a perfect person and I'm not saying that I smoke or don't smoke marijuana, but I, I've never done another drug in my entire life. So it's not like I'm, I'm, you know, out there committing crimes for drugs. I'm actually, I was in the parking lot that I was building, resting, taking a nap with one of my workers that I hired. And uh, he came up on us and uh, I'm not one to, to tell on anybody. And they were asking us. So they did a walkthrough, four grams, a walkthrough in jail. And I never, I told them, you know, I'll never be back in Iowa. Forget it, right? What's in Iowa, beans? So anyways, um, the other one is uh, my dog that I've had since a baby, um, uh, supposedly, allegedly was um, uh, taking, and it's a long story, but to make a long story short, my ex of three and a half years uh, tried to to take my dog from me, and uh, it's the love of my life. So that didn't happen. So I have two um, uh, um, warrants, felony warrants with a seventy five thousand dollars bond um, out of uh, but they're unexprodicttable uh, as of present and as they were, out of um, Illinois. I'm not saying I was a perfect child, but I haven't had a a, a, a conviction on my record for oh, well, this is gonna date me since 2000.
0: What would you like to see change about policing or how do you hope posting on your auditing channel will help?
4: That's an amazing question. Um, I just want police because we're all human. We are all going to make mistakes. We do some pretty idiotic and dumb things at some certain times. I would like, you know, a couple months training is not enough for an officer. I, I want them to treat everybody, whether they're Drug-induced mental health. You see these videos where people, the police kill these mentally ill people that, that pose. I mean, I could have got them out of the car, you know, with with a with maybe a butter knife. And they they shoot them in the head. It just doesn't make any sense. What I want is to get and 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 don't get me wrong. I want to make it very clear. I do not hate police. I I actually have a lot of police friends on my Facebook and you know off, officers and not not all officers are bad but i think that being in in the kind of negative environment along with the and i and and i would almost man i've i've just seen it too much to not say that there is a to become an officer you have a certain personality and that personality needs to or persona that that it needs kindness love respect there is going to be times when evil is, is, is there and you got to do what you got to do. I I get that. But if you see somebody's hurting, if you see somebody that is maybe able to talk down negotiation skills, de-escalation skills, um, mm-hmm. And, and realizing that that's another human on this planet.
0: Now, I wanna address something that I'm sure police partisans are soon going to squawk about in the comments section after they watch the show. It's the off but nevertheless unchallenged assertion that the right to search a car is simply a legal question. And so long as police can conjure, and notice I'm using a very specific word here, a reasonable articulable suspicion, they should be able to search when and wherever they please. What usually accompanies that argument is this addendum. Why should you have a problem with a search if you have nothing to hide? What's the big issue with cops doing their job? I mean, aren't you always calling them out for not solving cases? I mean, why are you making such a big deal about constitutional rights when you should be more concerned about crime? Well, besides the fact that we've had several cops here in my hometown, Baltimore, caught on their own body camera planting drugs, I think we need to consider for a moment just how the system, so to speak, only amplifies bad policing. Not just by abusing search powers, but turning those illegal searches into the life-altering stigma of criminality that happens all too often. How the system created to ensure cops don't overstep and the innocent aren't unjustly charged has been warped by our culture of indiscriminate guilt. So, what do I mean? Well, consider this recent ruling by the Massachusetts Supreme Court regarding the misuse and withholding of evidence by the state police over a faulty breathalyzer test, a case that could lead to the possible dismissal of over 27,000 convictions. That's right, convictions. The case focuses on the fact that a common breathalyzer machine, the Draeger Alcotest 9510 breathalyzer, which the state police crime lab determined could produce false positives when not calibrated correctly, was still used despite the evidence. In fact, in 2017, a representative of the company that made the machines said that of the 400 they tested in the state, none were correctly calibrated and thus capable of flagging false positives. Fair enough, no machine is perfect. And certainly if the lab quickly and appropriately revealed the problem, the state could have fixed the problem and perhaps procured a different device. But that's not what happened, not hardly. The state continued to use the machines despite the fact that the concerns had been raised publicly and were found to be factual. Instead, thousands of people had to live with convictions for a serious crime, despite the real potential of tainted evidence, that is, until the recent state Supreme Court decision giving everyone, every single person convicted, the right to ask for a new trial. This is an unusually sweeping case, but it didn't happen because the state who had imposed harsh sentences on innocent drivers, asked for it. No, this all occurred because one, of the victims of a false conviction sued. And that case was finally decided last month. In that decision, the court called the state's actions egregious government misconduct, which is why the court made the sweeping decision to allow anyone, meaning 27,000 people, to ask for the new chance to prove their innocence. Now, I want you to think about that number in relation to Bradley's case, or to the case we just updated of Thomas, the Texas firefighter, falsely charged with a DUI, how sweeping and consequential the impact of a decision to ignore the flaws in the machines was for the people who were victimized by it. How many lives were turned upside down or thrown into chaos and otherwise destroyed by this inexplicable decision to ignore the facts? How many licenses were revoked, jobs lost, and opportunities cast aside because the state, the state, simply chose to ignore evidence. It's kind of an interestingly cavalier attitude towards the consequences of our massive law enforcement industrial complex, a diffidence to the truth, which I think can only be countenanced by people who are simply immune to it. Meaning only the elites cosseted from the law could simply stand by while thousands of people suffered. And that's kind of what you have to conclude when you attempt to understand the cruel indifference of the people who made the decision to allow innocent people to go to jail that's right and it was not elected officials or anyone in power who felt compelled to act in defense of the innocent it was not a governor or a state legislator or anyone with the ability to intervene who defended people unjustly accused it was solely up to a victim of their malfeasance to take up the defense of the people wrongly accused someone who had to hire lawyers and battle the case all the way up to the state's highest court. That's why I think it's important to remember that when we see videos like Bradley's to put them into the proper context, that we remember the larger and broader injustices when we analyze how these same forces bear down on smaller but no less insignificant cases like the one we reported on today. Because I think the same sense of entitlement and immunity that prompted that Nebraska cop to illegally search Bradley's car and confiscate his wallet is similar to the callous indifference of the Massachusetts State Police. I think the sense of careless impunity exhibited by that individual cop is really part of a larger process that allows an entire state to put innocent people in handcuffs. It's all about that intangible but potent power of unconstitutional entitlement. The idea that I, meaning the cop, I am the law, not representing it, that I, the cop with a gun and a badge, I am the sole arbiter of your rights and that the power conferred upon me is not a privilege to be exercised with prudence, but a legally prescribed intoxicant that allows me to confiscate your rights, put them in handcuffs, and then discard them on the roadside like an abandoned vehicle. This. Impudence, both in one case and in thousands, is the result of the culture of our version of an untouchable elite. Those elites who don't pay taxes, have amassed ill-gotten fortunes, and who simply aren't worried about the law. It's their power conferred upon cops that we witnessed on that video, and also what spurred Massachusetts police to act without conscience. It's also why the institution of policing must be watched as ardently as they like to watch us. Their utter disregard for our rights must be matched with the vigilance of our cameras. Their casual and consequential indifference must be overwhelmed by our passion for the rights that we must refuse to relinquish. What they treat as unimportant we must make paramount what they think is just the cost of doing business, illegal searches, unjust DUI convictions. We must define as unambiguously wrong. The plethora of fake charges and false criminal records that they cast upon us like a blanket unconstitutional conviction, we must throw back at them with the indignity of a people who know our lives and our rights should not, cannot, and will not be torn asunder. That's what we do on this show. And that's why we will continue to grow our community of constitutional activists, of defenders of rights and believers in the proposition that all of us, and I do mean all of us, are entitled to the rights too often ignored, but I believe will endure if we are willing to fight for them. I'd like to thank Bradley Connolly for joining us and for sharing his experience. Thank you, Bradley. And of course, I have to thank intrepid reporter Stephen Janis for his writing, research, and editing on this piece. Thank you, Stephen.
3: Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: And I have to thank friends of the show, Noli D and Lacey R for their support. You know I appreciate you. And I want to thank every single Patreon that supports us in our next live stream. Make sure to listen for your name. I want to thank you, too. And of course, I want you watching to know that if you have video evidence of police misconduct or brutality, please share it with us and we might be able to investigate for you. Please reach out to us. You can email us tips privately at par at therealnews.com Ensure your evidence of police misconduct. You can also message us at Police Accountability Report on Facebook or Instagram, or at Eyes on Police on Twitter. And of course you can always message me directly at Teas Baltimore on Twitter and Facebook. And please like and comment. You know I read your comments and appreciate them. And even if I don't get to answer every single one, you know I read them. And we do have a Patreon link pinned in the comments below for accountability reports. So if you feel inspired to donate, please do. We do not run ads or take corporate dollars. So anything you can spare is greatly appreciated. My name is Tea Graham. And I am your host of the Police Accountability Report. Please be safe out there.